In this episode, we take a look at Mabon. Many of our modern day Thanksgiving traditions are taken from this ancient pagan Sabbath. We look at the origins of it. We discuss the wrongly told story of Thanksgiving, and we look at how you can honor this ancient Sabbath in your own life and acknowledge the genocide that occurred in connection with this holiday. Let's talk about what intuition really is. Let's look at all the places intuition and ego show up in your life. Let's share honestly. Let's do the research. I'm Jamie Hayhurst. I'm Heather Wood. This This is the Intuitive Intuitive Girl's Guide. Hey, Jay. I think we should talk about the real origin of Thanksgiving, Maybon. I think we should do a little deep dive on that today. What do you think? I think it's going to be spicy. I love it. So spicy. (laughs) Spicy alert. Let me just, let's just, let's give like a a trigger warning. If you can't handle. Yeah. If you can't handle Jamie and I's spice today, you might want to do a pause. But what I am going to say before we get into being spicy is that I think I, I think we will actually make you feel better about still kind of wanting to celebrate Thanksgiving we're going to tell you a different way to do it. I think we all need to eliminate the name Thanksgiving, whatever. We'll get into all of that. But if you have this like push pull, cause Jamie and I have this, we've talked about it with the other Sabbaths and stuff to like modern day holidays, but like there's still part of it that you feel really connected to that you want to do. There's ways to, to do it if you just educate yourself a little bit. So right. it is going to be spicy. It's the week of Thanksgiving when this is airing. So I don't want to like, I don't want you to be like, oh, this is going to wreck this holiday for me. No, if you're bristling right now, like, but I love Thanksgiving, just hold, hold tight with us. Let's see where it goes, because there's a lot to dig into, but I don't think it's, it's, we're not going to tell you that you can't have this. No. And I like Thanksgiving. I don't call it that anymore for my own personal thing. I also don't go around telling other people like, no, I I won't come to your house if you call it Thanksgiving. You have to call it Maybon. Right. I don't do that, but I have changed it and I have changed the way that I talk about it with my children and what we're actually celebrating. I have done that and I'm hoping that you guys can do that too in whatever way that feels good to you. You don't have to do it the way Jamie and I do. But in order to get to that point in this episode, we have to talk about the hard stuff first. Yeah, no, it we have to talk about it and it's our responsibility as privileged people to acknowledge this stuff and, and to force other privileged people to acknowledge it too. Yeah, exactly. So should we just get right into it, Jay? Yeah. Yes. Well, let's start by saying that Thanksgiving, we're going to get into the ridiculous history with the pilgrims and native Americans I honestly, when I was in school, it was the pilgrims in the American Indians. What was the term that you were? Was it that for you? Oh, it was worse. It was the pilgrims and the Indians. Ugh, right. Okay. So yeah. I remember dressing up like half the class had like a native headdress on that we made and the others had like a buckle hat. Yes. Yeah. So if you're like going to come at us and be like, well, this is just the way we were raised. Um, Us too. Well, and also... For people who, you know, we have listeners all over the globe, Heather. True. People, 
<laughs> people who don't know about us, we live in Massachusetts and we both live on what's considered the South shore of Massachusetts, or that's where I was raised. That's where Heather still is right around Plymouth. I mean, that was like the big field trip was going to Plymouth Rock. I mean, that was sort of ingrained in our childhood was this very sort of nationalistic pride over the found, quote unquote founding of America. Yeah. I mean, there are areas all around us with mispronounced Native American names as the towns. Like there's all kinds of, it's it's very much a part of our culture and it was very much a part of our upbringing. So I'm just saying right here, we also were brought up in a time where it wasn't being shown to us. So if that's your excuse, that excuse has to end after this episode. Right. Because there's a lot to unlearn. And Mm -hmm. that also involves not only learning the truth about what happened, but sort of unraveling the sort of emotional ties that you have to that, like the ties that you're where you're from, where your community is. Like mm-hmm. not just saying, okay, it's not Indians, it's indigenous people. It's saying, oh, well, this place that I love and grew up in has mistreated people, misnamed them, harmed them. That's a lot of unpacking, but it has to be done. Yeah. And it's miseducated us on right. what happened. Right. Exactly. Right. Before we get further into Maybon and more about it, I want to talk about the mis the like I want to just get into the misconception of Thanksgiving and basically the complete lie of what this holiday is. Yeah, I mean it it's sort of was it intentional? Yeah. Intentionally misinformed, an intentional lie made to, mm-hmm. you know, make us look good, make the white people look good. Exactly. And it's a lie that's been very disproven. So Right. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Right. All right, so here here's the the story that we all kind of know of Thanksgiving. Here's here's the recap of the incorrect story that we at least you and I, Jamie, and I think most people our age learned. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So the pilgrims arrived here in what we call America, what many Native Americans called Turtle Island, right? Mhm. In 1620 in what is now known as Plymouth, Massachusetts. Right. I'm just going to tell you guys right now, if you want to travel to see The Rock, skip that. (laughs) It's very disappointing. (laughs) It's not the real rock. It's just this thing. It's just this statue that you go and look at, and it's so anticlimactic. You're like, oh, there's that rock. Let's go get an ice cream. And it's so small. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Okay, anyways. So when these pilgrims arrived, friendly Native Americans helped them out and taught them how to survive on this land. They both shared their knowledge and ways. And on Thanksgiving day, the pilgrims invited the native Americans. Now they're referring to the Wampanoag tribe here, because that's what was in this area. Okay. To come, it was at the end of November in the year 1621 and to gather for a feast. And they all feasted together. They all lived happily ever after. Yes. I, how many times were you in a play about that? I mean, too many. (laughs) More than I can count on one hand. Let's just say that. Okay. So this is what we're all taught is what Thanksgiving is and what we're celebrating. Right. We were taught that they had turkey and stuffing and like all mashed potatoes and corn, right? All of these things. Yeah. Okay. None of that is true. (laughs) 
No, and it's much more nefarious than that. Even the the idea that the pilgrims were like the first quote unquote settlers in this area is not true. They there's evidence that people were in both Virginia and Florida years before this. Virginia oh. like 10 years before Florida that we know the Spanish were there in like the the 1500s. So weird. It's just a part of this programming. It's just this this whole narrative that's been created and and we're we're all so used to it that we're unwilling to unlearn it. Exactly. So they also did not there's no evidence that they would have had any of that food. Most of the evidence we can find is that it looked like they had oysters. <laughs> Which makes sense. If you're from that area, that makes sense. Uh-huh. What really happened? And I'm gonna I'm gonna give a very shortened like summary of what happened. And this is not the full story, and I know it's a small version of it, but I'm just telling it that way for for the podcast's sake. I very much encourage you to go and to read more. There are books written on this. There are, if you're like Jamie and I, there's plenty of TikToks you can watch with people who are educating, who know more about this. And I, I would I would actually suggest that you specifically look for things written by natives, right? Native Americans that have a better perspective than anyone who was given a whitewashed education on this event. Yeah, look to indigenous culture for that and then pay that, pay them for their time and their expertise. Exactly. So here's the summary. Early pilgrims came and had a peace agreement with Chief Massasoit. Now, we live in an area where they say Massasoit all the time. There's a college right down the street called Massasoit for me. But I have yep. heard many Native Americans, many indigenous people pronounce it differently than that. Yep. I'm going to say Massasoit, but also know that that's probably just the white version of his name. Right. Okay. So he was the chief of the Wampanoag tribe. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so early pilgrims had a peace agreement with him. Now, I want to point something out right here. There's a difference between the pilgrims and the Puritans, and they get lumped together, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that the pilgrims were saints and didn't have a hand in some of this bad stuff. No, not at all. But there is a difference on the those those early people who were calling the pilgrims, right? And how they got along with indigenous people and the Puritans that came after them. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think it might be splitting hairs to a certain degree, but I think that they were different people. And I think that um, I think it's important for the whole for everybody to understand all pieces of this story. And so to lump them all together doesn't make sense. But regardless, it wasn't their land. True. I'm not saying it was was good that they were here. But the reason I'm pointing this out is because pilgrims were our pagan ancestors. Okay, And they were fleeing religious persecution. And they were coming, and when they came here, I'm not saying, again, it was a good idea for them to come and just make themselves at home on someone else's land. But when they came here, they were bringing their traditions like Maybon here. Right. sense? So this is where this actually comes from, is that the pilgrims here, pagans, came and we're like, okay, we're going to do some of our pagan traditions, which would have been Maybon traditions. And I'll get into more, some of the terms and, and where they came from and, and what they were. We're going to do that. And then the Puritans came and said, oh, no, you're not. That's evil. 
Right. I mean, this, the Puritans were like what we would call like evangelicals now, like they were extremists. Exactly. Okay. So important to point out, not because I'm saying pilgrims don't deserve fault, but to understand the history of where Thanksgiving is actually being taken from. Exactly. Completely agree. What happened after they had this peace agreement was that the Puritans came, started shutting down what the pilgrims could do, right? And more people were sent here, more, I guess, pilgrims, you could say, were sent here to colonize the land, Mm -hmm. right? right? And there was a very bloody battle that occurred. There was no invitation to the Wampanoag tribe, but it eventually led to the King Philip's war. Now, King Philip is what we called the chief of a Wampanoag tribe. (laughs) No, not, not his name, but. Right. And and not like if if you're hearing that without any background, you're going to think it was like a King Philip, like the war was by some King in England that declared a war, not realizing that there was this tribal chief who we decided to just like disregard his name and call him something else. Exactly. Oh, we, we can't say his name or pronounce it. So we're just going to call him King Philip. There was no king oh, in no. Native American culture. <laughs> no, none of right. this. And that's like, and it sounds like you might be, you know, being overly sensitive or whatever. But when you then give someone the title of King Philip, that's like the you're putting the patriarchy onto these tribes without them even really knowing because they probably don't even know much of what you're saying. But it's like the first like slow insidious burn of patriarchy. Exactly. The Just to clarify, the pilgrims had a peace agreement. The peace agreement was broken okay. and it, it led to a bunch of different battles, one of which is what we consider Thanksgiving. I'll get into that in a minute. But then it led to a literal war. And right. here's another part of this that really bugs me that people don't know, is that the death total from this war is that 30% of the English the pilgrims and Puritans were killed and 50% of the native Americans were. God, it's crazy. You don't hear about it like that. No, it's crazy. You just hear like land was conquered, but people on both sides are dead in this bloody, awful war. Right. Big numbers. Yes. So in 1637, governor John Winthrop of Massachusetts declared a day of celebration when the soldiers returned from killing hundreds of men and women and children in the Pequot tribe. (sighs) Yep. They had this big day of celebration where they, not only did they just like commit genocide and murder people to take their land and their things, right? Very in line with, not the first time the patriarchy's done this. No, right. Okay, happening here. They also have this big celebration but then to end the celebration, they steal Mavon. <laughs> right. So they now appropriate it from pagan people. Okay. Right. Which are not allowed to celebrate their way, but we can call it Thanksgiving. Right. right. We'll just take it, twist it and give it a new name and then it's okay. Right. We murdered people for celebrating it, but we're going to call it this. And yeah. Okay. Right. In 1863, Abraham Lincoln made it a national holiday and made it the last Thursday of November that date was chosen by Congress because it was good for commerce. Right. What I would like to now talk about is the Maybon that was appropriated in that mess. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not the worst part of the story that Maybon was taken in. I'm no. not sure to say that, but I felt it was important to go through that. So 
when you understand why people like Jamie and I have trouble celebrating it, it's simply because we've educated ourselves on what the patriarchy has done here. Right. Like we have to stop thinking about it. Like two sides sat down for a quiet meal together. Because when, when you hear how fired up we are about it in juxtaposition to that scene, then it sounds like we're, you know, overly excited or mad about it. But when you know what really happened, then you understand why people are so upset. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And this is from two people who look like the people who did the bad things. Right. Well, I mean, maybe this is time for me to come forth and admit <laughs> that I'm I'm a direct descendant of many of the people on the Mayflower that came over that were like in this land, like people that were a part of these wars. I mean, I'm a direct descendant of them. I'm a straight up potato if you want to talk about, <laughs> you know, skin color and what we look like. It's, yeah. But that's what you mean when you say that we've done the work. Mm-hmm. Is untying that. I, yeah. I I was raised to be proud. Like my family raised me to actively raise me to be proud of my heritage, my pilgrim heritage. So when I started learning about this, it wasn't just like, oh, I was taught the wrong thing by school. It was, oh, I was taught the wrong thing by school, by society, by my own family. And that this thing that I'm supposed to be really, really proud of, I'm actually wildly ashamed of. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I also am a descendant of pilgrims, early settlers, not, not like the first ones, but I certainly, I'm sure, I'm sure that there were people of direct descent doing some bad things that I am related to. Right. Um, And interestingly enough, I also have Wampanoag heritage. So it's like, and listen, there's not one single part of me that looks like Wampanoag, I do not claim because I have a little bit of that, any right to anything. Like I, I would never do that. And I'm, I'm making these points because like Jamie said, this is the work. Like right. I, I don't feel ashamed that I came from that. It wasn't really celebrated in my family the way that it sounds like it was in yours. It was pointed out, but I'm also like, I feel like it's part of my responsibility as descendants of that to do it differently. And I feel like it, it heals stuff. You know yes, what I mean? Like, I, yes. I don't know what, if my, if my ancestors were part of the peacefulness that, you know, fled and, and brought pagan stuff here or the other side or both, but it doesn't matter because it's like, okay, I, I own whatever I need to own here. And it's, no one's asking you and I to feel bad about it. <laughs> They're just asking us to educate ourselves. Exactly. Right. right. Agreed. Well, Maybon actually occurred on September 22nd. Yes, it did. That is the autumn equinox. Yep. So if you listen to our episode on the Sabbats, you know that equinoxes and things were very celebrated in pagan culture. Right. I would also like to point out that Maybon is also pronounced Maybon and Maboon, depending on what culture you are looking at it from. So if you hear those pronunciations, all are correct. Exactly. It was also referred to for a long time as witches Thanksgiving, which I hate all around. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because it was like outsiders calling it that. Yeah. They're like, oh, that's the witch version of Thanksgiving, which what it was is actually people who didn't adhere to religions, actual holiday that was stolen and labels 
to celebrate a war of that created genocide. Like, right. And it, ha- and it has this like condescending air, like, Oh, yeah. it's the witches Thanksgiving. Oh, look at, they're yeah. so cute. Yeah. And even the term, which is being used there, you know what they mean. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Just a, a refresher too. An equinox is a day where there is equal day and uh, equal light and dark, right? Equal day and night. Okay. okay. And then depending on the equinox, that changes. So at autumn equinox, it goes from being more light to evening and then more dark. Right. It's about balance. Yes. And our ancient pagan ancestors were smart. (laughs) Right. And they noticed the shift in energy and the shift in life and, and the connection to the earth and the sun and the moon and all the things that that affected. Right. Mabon is also the name of a Welsh god who is the god of male fertility. Okay. He is sort of in in like the Welsh culture, he's sort of like the male equivalent to Persephone, if you know anything about. Oh, yeah, yep. Does that make sense? Yep. This holiday, Mabon, became more widely recognized and celebrated after the Norse started the way that it was worded and the thing that I was reading about was that when the the Norse traveled, I would just like to say that I don't think they were peacefully traveling. (laughs) Right. Okay. It's where like, they brought this, their culture to these places. They most likely forced it upon. I'm just, I'm just adding that in. Right. Exactly. But again, that's what, that's why we have to be diligent in what we learn. Right. Exactly. So in some cultures, you'll see that Mabon is something that's added in a little bit later or that on, Every um, wheel of the year, some of them don't feature that. That is just because it didn't it didn't start as being as celebrated as a sabbat as some of the other ones did, but it became incorporated because the equinoxes were always marked and sort of honored by every culture. Right, exactly. In China, Meibon is known as Chengchu, mm-hmm. and it marks the end of the rice harvest. And l- let me just say again. Oh, we've said this a million times, but like, this is why pagan ideas, it's not a certain religion. It's just before organized patriarchal religion, because nobody owns anything. Like we don't own the solstice. We don't own like the spinning of the earth. So they were celebrating the same things in China and around the globe because they were experiencing and witnessing the same things. Right. So it's like, yeah, they have they have different names, but they were all experiencing the same thing. Yeah. Because we're all of the earth and we're all right. a race on earth. We're all like one human race. Right. You just, somebody drew a bunch of lines on maps and said, we're all different and have different cultures. And, you know, so when you look at pagan culture, it's sort of like, does this beautiful thing of like jumping over that a little bit. Right. And like, you can look at the beauty and see like, oh, it was this here. It was that there had this name, that name, but it all has these central themes that you can see that we are all the same. Exactly. Exactly. In Judaism, it's called Sukkoth and it's the same as Mabon with a cool addition, I think, where they would decorate like a little temporary outdoor building or dwelling and they would eat there. Oh, okay. In Rome, it is the festival of Dionysus, who is the god of wine. Yep. Modern Thanksgiving, you heard the story it's stolen from. 
but basically it's a rip off of the Celtic tradition to celebrate or their Anglo-Celtic tradition, I should say, to celebrate Mabon, which was referred to as harvest home. Okay. And it was a day to give thanks. And why Heather do all of these things that you're describing involve food? Because we are marking the end of harvest season. Okay. So happen across the globe. Yes. Because look outside at what starts to happen. Like certain plants are no longer available. Like we're, we're marking this and you're going to hear me bring in some stuff about death, but like that was because of the seasons. It it didn't have anything to do with, you know, being scary or spooky. right? Right. So yes, you heard that like Samhain was about death. It was marking the beginning of this, this happening. And so September 22nd, I know we're in November and we're, cause Thanksgiving got moved by the government cause they felt it was better for commerce. Capitalism. Exactly. But the end of September would have been the time that you were getting like the last things from your garden. Exactly. Exactly. So you're going to have a big feast and then, you know, you would share it with the people around you. So, you know, Jamie, you might have been like an expert at growing like corn and I might have been really, really great at like raising turkeys and then killing and carving them. So we would have got together and shared that. And that's what it was. Exactly. Okay. So like I said before, those, those very early pilgrims came and they brought harvest home specifically to celebrate. So that's how it actually got here. They were then not allowed to celebrate it. And then all that stuff happened and then it was stolen. Right. So, but I just want to, I just want to reinforce that, but it wasn't allowed because it was pagan. Right. But they liked it enough to steal it. (laughs) Like I think that that's important to note that like all of these traditions and all of our holidays, like our, you know, pagans were constantly, I mean, not just judged and criticized, but murdered for their beliefs against the church, right? Exactly. But yet everything that they did was taken and adapted because it worked and it made sense. Yeah, because it's just what's going on on the earth around you and like affecting life. Right. Exactly. All right. I have much more on this topic I want to discuss with you, but I think this would be a good time to take a quick break. Okay. We'll come back and I'll tell you some more of the harvest home traditions that we used to we used to partake in. We'll be right back after this short break. Hey y'all, it's Jamie with a little shameless self-promotion. We've had a lot of people reaching out asking about distal Reiki. So I wanted to let you all know that yes, you can book a session with me. If you'd like some distance Reiki, get in touch with me and we will set it up for you. with podcast listening a great cup of coffee from a great coffee shop yep beans roasted in-house amazing baristas you know where i'm talking about restoration coffee can we go yes i need an americano and maybe a panini too Ooh, i need blueberry maple latte and probably a resto bowl yeah check them out and visit restoration-coffee.com Let's talk about what we're obsessed with this week. 
All right, Heather, this week, we're once again obsessed with TikToks. I mean, we don't do that much else besides <laughs> TikToks and work. So. <laughs> but this one, and again, we'll post it like we always do. We'll post it on the Instagram for you to actually see the TikTok. But it was a TikTok of a guy listening to someone talking. I don't know who the original person was that was talking because he didn't, the, the poster didn't put it in their caption or tag them. But this guy was just drinking coffee and he's listening to this guy talking and he has this moment and I like had it with him as he was <laughs> listening. So then of course I sent it to Heather. It's just this, these two lines that say, just because you heal doesn't mean that they'll heal. And if you heal and they don't, you remove what y'all had in common. And it's like, and then it says something that like, you know, compatibility is based on like the seasons of your life that like when you change and grow into a different season of your life, you lose friends or family members or coworkers or jobs or relationships because as you're growing, things start to fall away. This is just the most important message. Even if you already like know it, like this isn't information that you didn't know. It's just the way it's put, but it's like, the exact thing you need to hear right now at the start of eclipse season. Eclipse season, holidays, whatever those holidays are that you celebrate. And I think if you're listening to this podcast, you're you're doing the work, right? What we call doing the work. Like you're not listening to this podcast if you aren't. No. You know that. You've experienced it, dear listener. I'm sure you've heard. I'm sure you've felt. I'm sure you've seen people walk away from you or, or you've had to walk away from them. Mm-hmm. And you know inherently that that's okay and it's just changed. But I think that when you hear someone say it like that, that like you don't have anything in common with those people anymore. It doesn't have to be bad or good or hate or love. It's just compatibility. It it kind of makes it feel better, I think, like less easy and less personal. Agreed. And that's what I think. I think for myself personally, I think when I can like depersonalize things like that, it makes it so much easier for me to process them and, and to make myself feel better about them because I am like a, I'm a very emotional person. And so if I can sort of take the emotion out of it and see it as like, this is just a pattern of growth. Same. I'm right there with you. I'm very empathic. So I do feel for other people, but I can't always get through that process if I'm still stuck feeling all the things, you know, right. we say it all the time. Like when when somebody treats you a way you would never treat them, it can be really rough to navigate. And I think this sort of message just helps you sort of shift that perspective faster. Right. And that it doesn't give them permission. It doesn't make it okay, but you can look at it now and be like, Oh, I grew. I, I kept growing. I grew, I kept growing and going. And so now we're not compatible anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, it's okay that you hurt me but it's okay that I'm walking away from that because we don't have anything in common anymore. And you know, maybe they didn't even hurt you. You just, you grew. And now it's just like you, I remember I've had that before where all of a sudden you're like listening to someone talk and you're like, I don't want to have these conversations anymore. I'm just not there. Right. So like sometimes it's just that. So you have permission for all of that. Right. I totally agree. Can I just bring up something about this? Yeah. Where are the movies that show this, like that show that you're going to have these like really deep, wonderful connections, not just romantic relationships, but friendships and 
and things where people really care about you and you really care about them and they matter. And then it's just a natural part of life and you move on from it. Like, why is that story never told? I don't know. I don't know. Because we, all we hear is the happily ever after. I think that's what, that's what we're sold is a happily ever after so that we're always staying stuck, right? Because it's mm-hmm. you can sell more to people who want to like fix themselves, who are stuck in things, who are stuck in relationships, you know, who I, I just think it it's better for society and for the patriarchy if none of us know that. It all comes down to the patriarchy needing to be smashed. Basically, every every problem is that. But I just think if we told that story more, if that was more a part of movies or TV shows where it was like perfectly normal to like have those relationships end and for that to happen, and then it, you know, by normal I don't mean like not sad or not hard, but like right. Sometimes when that starts happening to you, when you're like in your early twenties or whatever, it feels so jarring. Well, and you're always told like best friends forever. Like this is my lifelong friend. This is my childhood best friend. And so you're, I mean, and let's be honest, like when you're a teenager, that's like the whole, your whole life is like shifting friend groups and finding where you fit and finding what you want in a friend or a partner, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever you want to call it. Like, finding those things about yourself. But yet if the programming is have this best friend from kindergarten and never leave them, have this boyfriend from seventh grade and marry them and live happily ever after. Yeah. And you're a jerk if you drop a friend. Right. Exactly. Or even like that person's a jerk because they now have a different group of friends. Like it's just like, that was me. I wasn't dropping friends. I was like sticking around too long because I felt like and then they would they would have other friends and I'd be like, well, what about me? And I'd be like, oh, that's no one tells you that's what you're supposed to be doing. Exactly. No one tells you it's not actually personal. Right. It's just grow again, it's just growing. You're just growing. Yes. You're growing and you're changing. And people will change with you or they won't, but you can't stop growing. I'm gonna tell anyone who's listening who is in somewhere in their 20s, and they're sort of feeling like when am I going to find that person? I didn't find mine until I was in my mid thirties and I'm not doing a podcast with her now, but like, it's okay to not like, sometimes you have to get to a certain point of growth before you find the other people who are also doing the growth that you right. can connect with like that. But friendship for women is sold as this really bizarre package that it really isn't. All right, I'm going to take it a step further and some people are going to roll their eyes here. But like, (laughs) this is where people are like, okay, Jamie, you're taking it way too far. You're thinking way too deeply about this, but that's literally how I was wired. Also take what you said and then take it a step further in that women in particular, but also humans are told like, you have, you only have this life. You only have (laughs) this amount of time, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't find your best friend or your partner or whoever, until your 30s or 40s, you've been told that your life's almost over. Ugh. Right? So it's that like, mm. that push, that that push that like, everything has to be done as early as possible. You have to have all these life goals met by the time you're in your 20s. And so it's hard to even have like an accurate frame of reference for like, where you should be in your eight for your age. Yeah. And, um, you don't know who you are in your 20s. I know you think you do. You think right. you have a clue. You actually don't. Okay. And so how on earth are you going to find that like super compatible person to you when you haven't found yourself yet? Right. 
And if you have found your person, cool. But like, if you haven't, it's okay. And like, don't let, don't let the patriarchy make you think that like, you're going to be some old lonely cat lady because you don't have, you haven't hit all these mileposts by the time you're 25. Oh, enough with the mileposts. I'm exhausted of hitting mileposts. I'm sick. I know. There's no reward at the milepost, by the way. I know, exactly. You just feel like you got to hit the next one. I know. You're just like, oh, great. Now I got another goal to hit. Yeah. How the heck am I going to get to that one? I barely, you know, crawled across the finish line of this one. (laughs) So this took a little bit of like a cynical turn, but... (laughs) It's a clip season. It's a clip season. But just keep growing. That's That's all it is to it. And know that like if you outgrow someone, that's okay. That's literally what you're here to do. Nothing wrong with you. Nothing wrong with them. It might not be personal. You have permission to change your relationships with people. Listen to our boundaries episode. That will help you if you need need that. That stuff is normal for it to change. Embrace that. And just normalize that, you know, friendships change and that's okay. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Jay, let me tell you some more stuff about this harvest home. Okay sort of tradition. It's sort of like a take on Maybon. Right. There was the biggest part of this was the feasting. Yes. Okay. So this would be the biggest one of all of the Sabbaths. This was the one that was the biggest feast and not because we wanted to honor the fact that in the future there would be genocide and we try to like make it sound better. That's not what we're doing. I know, exactly. There wasn't some like magical meeting we're celebrating or some fake dinner party that didn't actually happen. We're literally being like, okay, winter's coming. We've got to, we've got all this stuff that we've harvested. Let's have a big solid meal and let's all celebrate because now we got to go through winter and it's really hard. And like, you wouldn't see your neighbors. Right. Exactly. So like this was what was happening. So this was why there was the most food. So when you'd go to your modern day Thanksgiving and it's like, everyone's making the jokes about wearing the, the, you know, sweatpants so they can eat all of it. And like that comes from this. Just like all the things we talk about, especially with these Sabbaths there, when you like, when you feel like you're being like a quote unquote, a basic bitch, cause you like to go, apple picking and drinking a pumpkin spice latte. How many times have we said this, Heather? Like this is literally the third time we've mentioned this in an episode. We're going to keep saying it. That is because you know, on a cellular level that that makes sense for that season. Just like, you know, you want stretchy pants for your modern Thanksgiving is because on a cellular level, you know, winter's coming and that you need to stock up and feel fed and feel safe. And you need to fatten up a little and right. you need to eat the rest of the shit you've got. Not, gonna not the food that you spent the last six months planting and harvesting and growing. Exactly. If you guys are like me and you're, you also love Christmas, which is just you will, we'll do that one when we get a little closer to it. I'll tell you why you love all that stuff too. No, don't feel bad about it. Okay. I've, I had so many crises about, this whole thing, if you're feeling like, God, I love Christmas, I, we are with you. We, we, mm-hmm. we know, we know. Yeah. Cause you love Yule. Cause it's literally in your DNA to love it. It's okay. Exactly. 
But if you get to like this time and you have the thought, because I thought this all the time before I understood why. I wish Thanksgiving was earlier so you had more time to prepare for and to get ready for and to enjoy Christmas. Exactly. That's because it was a whole month earlier. No, two whole months earlier. Because it makes sense to be earlier. Yes. So you did. You had this Sabbat and then you had Samhain and then you had Yule. Yep. They pushed it to the wrong spot to better sell stuff, to create a, a more hectic season between two holidays to make you buy more stuff at a frenzied pace because it's better for the economy. So if you think that, I used to think it all the time. I wish this would just come, I, September in New England especially is such a nice time of year. It would make so much more sense to celebrate then. So if you think that, that's again because of your own intuition and you can like feel that. Yep. I think it all the time. Yep. At this feast, a big part of it was drinking wine. Yes. Some cultures even had a thing where like some of the people would do a challenge to see like whoever was still drinking wine and still able to stand upright, the celebration would continue. And as soon as that, once that person toppled over, it was over. Oh, okay. (laughs) I don't think my ancestry is in that line because I am such a lightweight. I would never... The person everyone was cheering to like do, but I was probably like watching and, and like being entertained by them. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So there's all kinds of different wines. Something that I find kind of interesting is that it was kind of like looked down upon if you made jam after Maybon. Oh, really? No, like if you wear, I don't think this is a thing anymore, but it used to be a thing. Like if you wear white after Labor Day. Day. Yeah. (laughs) If you made jam after Mabon, it was like really looked down upon because you were supposed to make wine out of any fruits after Mabon. Oh, I see. Okay. No, it isn't just like some made up rule of a color. It's because the fruit wasn't as good in right. them. So it would be like, oh, I, I'm having this jam that Jamie made. I bet she made it post Mabon. Like it would be like that. Right. Right. Because that's <laughs> how it works seasonally. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. There was also a crowning of a harvest king and queen. And you do still see that in different cultures. I see it in like schools doing things like that. I remember that as a kid. I don't know if you do. I don't remember that, but it, okay, go ahead. I'm sure you've heard it referenced before. Yeah. It was basically to represent the, the goddess entering her crone stage and the God preparing for his death. Is this might be a stretch, but is this why there's like homecoming king and queen in the fall at high schools? Exactly. It's based off of this. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And that usually happens around this time of year too. It does. Yeah. Like about a month ago. Yes. Wow. Mabon is a lot about preparing for the God to die. Now, when you're hearing this and you're, if you're like hearing it through a religious filter, it sounds weird, but This is the idea that like the goddess would transform. She would go through the different stages, but the God would stay in his stage and then die and be reborn. Right. Okay. And this is just basically talking about masculine and feminine energy. Yep. We go over that in the Sabbath episode. Go listen to that. But you have to take off that hat of like hearing God as religious and hear it more as the energy representing certain things. And you have to take off gender with masculine and feminine. Exactly right. Exactly right. So this is what's happening because 
This is what's happening on the earth. The leaves are changing. Okay. Okay. Now you also have to move this to September because if you're doing this at the end of November, it's not like the start of the leaves doing this, right? It's like the end of it. Right. It's our, that's all already over. Right. So at this time, think, think end of September, the leaves are starting to change. So the goddess is starting to enter the crone stage and the God is preparing for his death and then rebirth. It wasn't like, Oh my God, so sad. We'll never see the God again. He just gets reborn. Right. Yeah. See our episodes on the other Sabbaths. If you want to hear those stories. Yeah. But this is what's happening because this is literally what's happening on the earth. Right. That's what you're, they're seeing as they're living. Exactly. Now, Giving was a big part of this. This is a rip. This is where the name Thanksgiving is actually ripped off from the idea that a lot of people who were celebrating like Harvest Home or whatever your culture was would take what they had and give it because it was this was a time where you would really assess how you how you were as a person this past year. Okay. And not in the religious sense, like, did you earn a place in heaven or whatever? In the sense of like, what did I do well? What do I need to work on? So even when you get to Yule, there's like the New Year's stuff and the New Year's resolutions. This was actually the end of September that this was happening. So if you've always felt like a new year and like new you was going on more in September than in January, that is also an intuitive thing that you're picking up on. Right. Because it makes sense that as you're seeing all the foliage die off. You're seeing the harvest being done. It makes sense then to then apply that to yourself. Like how can I plant a better crop next year? How can I have more food for next harvest? Exactly. How can I, how can I give more to my community and my village and my neighbors? And how can I, how can we improve all of this? Like this, this is what this was. So there was a lot of giving at this time and it wasn't, it wasn't giving to like gain points. And it wasn't giving out of selflessness either. It was to create the energy that is celebrated at this time of year, which is release, putting it down, the beauty of the leaves dying, like letting it go to welcome in new things, right? So the idea of giving to other people was to call that good energy of releasing things and having good things come back to you because you're entering winter where all of this stuff dies and you have to get through it. And so You've got to call other abundance to you. So by giving at this time of year around Maybon, that's what they were calling in energetically. Exactly. When I hear things like this, I'm constantly blown away by how smart our ancestors were. Well, that's the whole thing about intuition is that like, it's something that they, that they just knew and that they just did over, you know, thousands of years. Mm -hmm. They, they were, they were just naturally tapped in. That wasn't, cut off from them. Exactly. Exactly. All right. I have a a few more. So I guess along those same lines, it was kind of considered that at Maybon, your fate was sealed. Now that doesn't mean what we would probably think of it in a modern sense. It Mm -hmm. more was just like, like if you think of like the gods and the goddesses or the universe or or however you look at that at Maybon, this is when they sort of did your review of your last year and was like, okay. So a lot of people were, additionally doing like different rituals and things to honor those energies and God and goddess and universe or whatever. Right. Just to sort of like be in their favor for the winter. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you have this feeling of like, 
you know what, I want to reach out to this person I haven't talked to in a long time, or, you know, I really need some closure about this thing that happened. And that's happening around the end of September for you. Again, that's intuitively you're picking up on the energy of that. And our ancestors knew that too. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. And also, Don't forget that these are the things that stayed when the patriarchy came and silenced everyone and, and forced Christianity as far as they could. These are the things that you could covertly keep. Yes. And one of the things the patriarchy isn't is creative. Correct. Because it's not intuition. <laughs> exactly. Creativity is intuition. Yes. Patriarchy is the opposite of that, right? So yes. they're not coming up with new stuff. They're literally just stealing stuff. And, you know, in the beginning, some of that was done to try to get people to convert. Like, look, your holiday is still here in Christianity or whatever. But then it just became, I think, a slap in the face. Yeah. 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 I try to think about that whenever cultural appropriation is brought up to me, especially if it's in a way where I like didn't see it before that. Like I quite often feel that way as someone who's educated in like pagan stuff and has that in in my culture with the patriarchy, it really helps me shift my perspective. That's a good point. Yes. So garlands being bringing garlands into your house was a way to sort of honor the gods and goddesses. It was a way to appease Faye at this time of year. Mm. You know, my feelings about Faye. I do. They are to be respected and you are to be careful with them because they are mischievous, powerful little beings. They are. And it's all fun and games when you bring a cute little gnome or fairy figurine into your house. But if you have not done something to honor them first, you're going to be in trouble. All your stuff's going to go missing, (laughs) broken. You know, you're going to hear scratching in the middle of the night. Like things are going to happen to you. It's true. It's true. It happens all the time. So again, even just putting a garland up, if you didn't do something to honor the energy of Faye, which is really like an, if you, if you're not like into like Faye and fairies and that kind of stuff, that's fine. But if you just think of it as like the energy of nature. Exactly. I was, I was sort of sitting here like, oh, some people are listening to this and they're like, fairies aren't real or whatever they want to like that. That's just sort of, you know, the visual yeah. that's used, but it, it's just sort of like, nature and outdoor and, and mischief mischievousness, you know? Yes. It, it isn't Tinkerbell is actually not the worst representation of a fairy. I mean, I don't think that they were supposed to look like, like pinup girls. That's like a weird. (laughs) I don't think anyone was supposed to. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But that sort of mischievous, like, are you putting me first honorary energy is what this energy is. You can, you can leave out the sort of like, you know, imagery of it, if that's the part that bothers you. But this is just an energy, much like there's like spirit energy and angel energy. Right. It's just another one. Which archangels, like, right, if you don't like thinking of archangels like actual humans, it doesn't have to be that. Yeah. As someone who loves fairies and loves gnomes and all of that stuff, I'm not saying you don't use them. I'm saying you learn what to do before you call in that or, or do that, or you're going you're gonna to be dealing with it. Yep. Okay. So bringing the garlands in was a thing that they would do to honor that kind of energy. So when you're putting that cute little leaf garland up in your home or across your mantle, right. Word to the wise, thank a fae, put, put a little cookie outside. 
Yep. Doesn't matter. Do outside. something. Yeah. Outside. outside. You, <laughs> right. But remind them, stand at the threshold and say, outside, we honor you outside. I have a little garden that I put little fairy figurine in. This is where I honor you guys. This is where you hang out. Don't come in the right. house. All right. Yep. Things like that. But our pagan ancestors knew that. Again, I say this all the time. They were far more afraid of fae than they were of any devilish anything. Right. Exactly. Um, and then the last thing is that hay rides around this time of year come from, there used to be wagons where we would fill up stuff from our harvest and bring them in like to wherever we were storing everything. Mm-hmm. And at the end people would all jump on for the last ride for the end of the harvest. And that oh, that's fun. Yeah. Fun. So if you enjoy a hayride, you are doing a pagan activity. That's why. Yep. Break it to some of you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what I got. That's Maybon. So here's the thing. Here's here's our messaging to you guys. Yes. Take all of this and honor the the Maybon, the harvest home, that sort of stuff. Honor that. And if you want to do it at this time of year, it's okay. I do. I thought about moving our celebration to September, but it just makes more sense in the culture we live in, for me anyways, might be different for other people to do it at this time of year. But we we include honoring the lives lost by indigenous people. Mm-hmm. And we think of it more, we say Maybon, you know, I'm not going to say that in front of people who don't know what it is, but right. we find our own ways to look through these and go, how are we going to honor this stuff? Like, what are we going to bring in? What parts are we keeping as a tradition because of like my grandparents <laughs> and, and right. what are we getting rid of? Cause it's not appropriate. Right. Exactly. I- Ooh, I battle with this all the time. Still to this very year, I I struggle with it. My kids love that I talk so much. I like to talk everything out. <laughs> but we just talk about it. Yeah. I just say, these are my concerns. I know that it's nice to be able to go and see our family that we're going to go see. And that's why we're doing it is because we don't get together often. Um, and so we will we'll go see them. And these are my issues with the day. And we go over the whole thing about you know, indigenous culture and mm-hmm. the massacre of indigenous people. Mm-hmm. Also like talking about socially talking about like the jokes that are made about like, you know, pilgrims and Indians and how that's gross. And we're not, we're not in getting involved in jokes like that, you know, that whole thing. So it's just, it's just a conversation that I'm sort of always coming back to. So smart. And that's what you should be having. And that's the beauty too about, the Sabbaths. And I've said this so many times is that, you know, you and I both get stuck in these places of like, well, how do we honor our own culture without including the terrible parts? And to me, when I think about how somewhere in my cultural line in in a bunch of places, Maybon or Harvest Home or whatever was stolen and we couldn't do it. And so me now I'll, I can do it. I'm, I have that freedom. And I'm not going to do it blindly and not acknowledge the fact that Thanksgiving and that whole BS is terrible and like disrespect that. Absolutely not. Will I pretend that didn't happen and just celebrate Maybon? But I can include both of those elements and celebrate something that was stolen at one point. And so like the patriarchy has to lose because I get to do that, but I can still honor the fact that there's a lot of stuff still not right about this. Yeah, I think that's a really valid point is because I think it would be easy for a lot of people to say, like, I celebrate Maybon, 
So Thanksgiving isn't my problem, mm-hmm. you know, but actually it is your problem. It still is a problem for indigenous people on this whole planet. You know, it's still a problem. So you don't get to just turn a blind eye to it because like you're doing what you think to you is a better ritual or a better celebration. Yeah. You know? I mean, it gives me vibes of like the early feminist movements where we like completely left out women of color. Yes. You know, indigenous women, right? Like we, right. we, we are like, yes. So if you're just going like smash the patriarchy, I celebrate Maybon. So it's not, you know, you're sort of doing that. So yeah, right. You still have to be a voice for the people who, a, a, the people who need a voice. And you also have to speak up to the people who, who refuse to admit that it's an issue. You still have to be a voice. Exactly. So do it. Reclaim your holiday. Right. Call it Maybon. Take back, take it back. Absolutely. I, I'm rooting loud for you to do that. But you have to have some ele- element of it still honoring that there's still a lot of BS going on and that some horrible thing happened in the kidnapping of your holiday that needs to be acknowledged. Right. Agreed. So I have ancestors that this holiday was kidnapped from, but I also have ancestors that helped create, like, cause genocide. So both have to be acknowledged. That's it. Agreed. Yep. So eat your turkey, wear your sweatpants. You know what? Even have someone who drinks until they fall down and then that's the end of your celebration if you want. (laughs) Oh, no thanks. We all got that uncle, don't we? Yes, we do. I was going to say, Jamie and I are not the people to ask for that because (laughs) the celebration will be over in like 20 minutes. Right. But do find the things, like look into your culture. And there's so much more, you guys. I could have talked about this for seven hours. Find more and find the pieces that work for you and bring in some modern things, but be paying attention to what's going on energetically and what's going on in nature, all of that and incorporate it and still honor and acknowledge the ridiculousness that is this holiday. Yep. Agreed. All right. Let's go eat some turkey. What do you think? All right. Maybe some carrots. (laughs) Okay. Hey everyone, Heather and I have an ask for you. If you love this episode or if you love the IGG, can you do us a favor? We need you to go onto whatever platform you listen on and download, subscribe, like, love, whatever it's asking you to do. Can you go do those things for us on the platforms that you listen on? It would mean so much to us. Thanks for listening to our episode. For a way to get in touch with us, please visit our website, intuitivegirlsguide.com. We love hearing your feedback on our episodes.